Warm the Hockey Podcast, episode 68. We are back with you again. A week or two um, break in between things here for us. Um, we uh, took a break um, for some family reasons, uh, some personal reasons as we settle, settle into the holidays. Um, but we are back with you, episode 68. This week is going to be a bit of a shorter week uh, as we touch on a few headlines um, and make a few corrections. Um, when I say corrections, uh, not full corrections, because as you know, if you listen, uh, we at War Room are humbly never wrong. Um, but we do have, we do want to put some context to, um, some things that we, uh, said in our previous episode, um, specifically and mainly to our comments, uh, surrounding Mitchell Miller, the draft pick of the Arizona Coyotes, um, who has been embroiled in some controversy and had his draft rights revoked, um, and rightfully will likely not see, um, employment in the game of hockey moving forward. Um, that being said, uh, some headlines before we get into our Zoom conversation. Um, BCHL has um, temporarily uh, suspended action as they wait on some updated information regarding some positive uh, COVID test results. Uh, the WHL um, and as a whole, the CHL has yet to start action, just like the NHL. Uh, the NHL, uh, January 1st is still a projected start date. Obviously, that could change. Um, but as of right now, January 1st is the date. Um, in the NCAA, NCAA action has begun. Again, similar to uh, the NHL playoffs, no, no fans. And they are doing bubbles per division. Um, so look for that. They are underway there. Um, yeah. So I am alone in I'm alone personally in studio, um, but we did record a Zoom conversation for all of you uh, this week for this week's episode, um, episode sixty eight, our corrections or context episode, bit of a shorter episode for you. Uh, settle in, warm the hockey podcast, and we will be right back with you. Well, congratulations are in order off the very top. Uh, I'd, I'd like to congratulate myself, first of all, um, and you and your lovely wife, all our, our whole family, uh, on the addition of Bennett Evan Rauer, November 16th. Congratulations to you guys. Everybody's healthy and happy and looking good. Mm -hmm. Our first grandchild. And uh, God love you. It's a it's an awesome event, and could, we could not be happier. That's part of why we've been out of the studio for a while, right? Yes, gone for a couple weeks, actually, not just one week. I think ten days or fourteen days or whatever, a couple weeks. So, yep. what a fantastic event and a great dude. Yes, uh, draft eligible in two thousand thirty-eight. By the way, yes. So throw it out there now. Watch for him. Yes. <laughs> He'll be showing up on the reports anytime now. Yes. Yes. Hey, uh, a couple weeks ago, well, a couple weeks ago now, a month ago, uh, on our last episode, we talked a little bit about Mitchell Miller, right? Yep. The, uh, 
the draft pick fourth round. He was fourth round pick for Phoenix. I believe so, yeah. yeah. And at the time, and I'll tell you what, what really bothered me the most is yep. when we got done, I thought, you know, you had asked me about what I, what I thought about this guy and they had, they had given him up, said, we're not going to choose him. Uh, the league kind of washed its hands of him altogether. I mean, he's, he's persona non grata now. Yeah. And I, thought, I haven't even heard his name since all of this uh, kind of came, came down. So he'll probably never get a job in, in the game, any place uh, meaningful, but the, my first reaction to that, without knowing anymore, my first reaction was, well, I don't like canceling. I don't like that cancel culture thing where somebody does something we don't agree with, and this guy made a mistake as a kid, and now we're going to destroy his career. I'm not, I don't agree with that. Yeah. But there's the, the only thing that I dislike more than being wrong is being in doubt. And I, and I had, and what bothered me, what made me go back and revisit the entire situation was when I said, well, gee, I can kind of see it both ways. And I think that's a, that's nothing but a cop out. Yeah. I can't see it both ways. This kid, this was not a mistake. This was a pattern of years of bullying and torturing a, a, um, underprivileged uh, handicapped kid and the, and he was a uh, for the record the the victim uh, of the Miller bullying was uh, was a downs kid and it, it over years I think it was documented over four or five years the, the incident originally happened he admitted it he never apologized for it it all happened when he was like 14 or 15 he's now 18 gone through the draft he has yet to fix that what happens if that happens in our house, my son, the day, the day that we realize that not only are you not protecting this kid, but you're the one causing him problems, you're the one that should be watching or looking after him, and you are the one making his life hell, you're going to march right up to the front door of that family, knock on the door, and beg them for forgiveness for what you've done and, and own, own it being wrong, not make excuses for it and beg them to give you a chance to show them that you're a good guy. And from then on, you're looking after that kid. That's the way that needed to be fixed. Five years after the fact, he still has never done that. So I don't see this both ways. No one should see it both ways. This kid is a bully. And the fact that he would be privileged to be drafted into the National Hockey League he does not deserve because there are literally hundreds of kids out there that are just as good a player as him as if in the fourth round he's he's not a consequential player there you could you could throw a dart any place and find a player who's comparable in skill and upside to Mitchell Miller but the difference being they're good guys they're guys like Brock Besser or somebody who's a good kid in his community. He's somebody who you, you're proud of and you want your children to hang around with. He's a good boy. They deserve the break because if I'm a good kid and I'm just as good as, of a player as Mitchell Miller and he gets a chance after what he did, what he did and I don't get a chance after I've been an exemplary kid, the system let me down. It isn't right. 
So there's too many good guys out there that you could plug into a fourth round pick, cut this guy loose. He never owned it. He never apologized for it. He never did anything to make it right. Cut him loose. He does not deserve to stain our game, period. Agreed. Agreed. So, no, 100% agree. Good to correct. Good to um, correct that and at least, or at least make it clearer on where we stand with that. Um, so good to get that done. Um, other other news that happened, um, Sasaskamoose. I know you wanted to touch on that a little bit. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that was, was that the year that you were at the, did, did he speak at the Hall of Fame dinner the year that you guys were there? Or not? Uh, I can't remember which year it was. We went several years in a row, but the BC Hockey Hall of Fame had him as a guest speaker. Uh, Freddie Sasakamoose, um first, uh, Treaty a first player under treaty uh, as a as a uh, well as an Indian as a as a uh, native indigenous people native uh, had a had a nice fairly short but a good career tough as nails great guy uh, spoke at the BC Hockey Hall of Fame dinner and really did an outstanding job and frankly this guy never got the credit he deserved. Uh, rest in peace, Freddie. Never got the credit he deserved for the pioneering job that he did. He played in the National Hockey League at a time when there were not a lot of natives playing, and he may have been the first one to to have put together the kind of uh, uh, multi-year career that he had. I think he was in Chicago most of the time, but great guy and and richly deserving of having his place in the game. Uh, and going to be missed because he was a, he had become a real good ambassador over the last few years too. So salute to Freddie Sasakamus and to his career and everything he did. And uh, rest in peace, pal. God love you. Yep, agreed. I didn't know much about him, but um, from what I heard, he was um, a upstanding guy for the game of hockey. So yep. yeah, if you. If you don't, uh, for those of you who don't know much about Freddie Sasakamoose, look him up. Um, you know, his, his numbers won't blow you away, but he, he played in a very, very tough man's era uh, in the original six uh, when there were only a few, I mean, face it, there were only a 120 hockey jobs available in the world at that time, and, uh, and he had one of them, and he, he earned every minute. So uh, look him up. He was a good guy and, uh, and a good ambassador for the game and for for his people a war in the hockey podcast is um back recording this week anything you wanted to else you want to touch on um before we uh before we uh close out for another week well i i really want uh i really want to be heard on the diversity issue and I think that, that trying to promote diversity is ridiculous. There are, I mean, there are, the Hall of Fame has people of, from every walk of life, every race and religion and, and origin and everything else. The game is filled with guys that no one cares about your background. They care whether you can play. They care whether you're a good guy and you can play. And if you, if you are the best player to put in the lineup, no one, nobody cares whether you are tall or short or heavy or thin or black or white or 
or gay or straight or anything else. It doesn't matter. If you're the best player, you're going in. Recently, this all came up because of the, the Akeem Alou thing, which we've already, we've already made clear how utterly ridiculous that was. But the Florida Panthers hired Brett Peterson. Now, it's his first front office job. He should be saluted for getting a chance in, the first, in his first real uh, job in the front office in the National Hockey League, which there are very few of, and he's got one. The fact that they're trying to celebrate the fact that he's black is insulting. He's not, he's not to be saluted and respected because he's black. It's because he got this job. Now, this can only fall two ways. Either he is an extremely smart, very accomplished, hardworking guy, and he's going to be an excellent assistant GM and someday get a GM job of his own. Or he's going to be a miserable failure. I don't know. But it won't be, neither one of those will be because he's black. So the fact that he's been hired and GMs and assistant GMs get fired every year and he someday may be let go if there's new ownership or a new boss uh, above him, new president of hockey operations, he may lose his job. He won't lose it because he's black. No more than he got it because he's black. So quit celebrating, quit noticing the difference of where the guy came from or who he is. It doesn't matter. It just, it, it has never mattered. There is no widespread racism in our game. Are there occasional, are, are there occasional chirps and things that are said that, that shouldn't be? Absolutely. But there are also things that get said in those scrums and in the face-off circle and in warm-ups and stuff every single night about somebody's mother or sister or wife or your cocaine problem or your overweight problem, or any one of a number of other things that they can make fun of. And it's, it's brutal. It's brutal in your own dressing room, let alone when you get across the ice from a guy like, like uh, Ryan Reeves or Steve Ott or somebody who's a professional at chirping. There's virtually nothing off limits. Do, do some of those things come off wrong? Maybe. Well, I suppose. But that's just the game. That's the way, that's the way testosterone filled men treat each other. When you got a club in your hand and you're high on adrenaline, things happen. Should it? Maybe not. I'm not defending any kind of racial epithet. I'm just saying it is not widespread racism. It is not in our game. Quit telling us that the game is completely racist because some guy made a disparaging comment about rap music 11 years ago in the minor leagues. That being blown into widespread rampant racism in, in hockey is an absolute insult and it's disgusting. Stop saying that stuff. Just quit it. I, I'm, I'm not buying a lick of it. I mean, there, I, there have been, I don't even want to go into it. That's all. It's just absolutely disgusting. And I've had my fill of it the first time I heard this story and, and Bill Peters got fired for something he did in minor leagues in what, 2008 or something. Pfft, forget it. Like that, that's just awful. And the, the, 
the players, whether they are of Hispanic or Oriental or Black or Jamaican or wherever they come from, U.S., Canada, Russia, uh, Latvia, anybody who is identified by that, instead of being identified as a really good hockey player or a good hockey mind, ought to be absolutely insulted, and they ought to shut that conversation down. Hmm. Absolutely ridiculous, and, the, and it should end. That whole celebrate Black, gay, something or other, nonsense it should stop and, and celebrate a guy who is qualified to earn this job and salute him for it yep i agree couldn't have said it better we should give, we should give you we should promote you Where's your, the own, all? your own segment <laughs> brad's corner where you can where you can go off on uh, things well that probably the wrong way Two minutes, two minutes for instigating. <laughs> I would need two and ten, or at least two and five, probably. But, uh, you know, hey, at least I can't get fired, can I? Can I get fired? No. Is that possible? No. I know people in high places. We're not getting paid yet, so, so <laughs> nobody's, getting, nobody's losing sponsorships or getting fired or anything, so there you go. Oh, hey, on the subject of sponsorship, on a slightly related topic, um, our buddy, uh, I, I saw our pal Jeff McCallum the other day from ABK. Yes. Uh, he sold. Oh, did sold he? Sold his business and retired. So uh, the good news is Jeff is now fully retired and driving his wife insane. The bad news is he's fully retired. He's a sponsor. Yes. <laughs> the good news is he's fully retired and gets to – drive his wife insane. The bad news is he's fully retired and he gets to drive his wife insane. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Glass half empty or half full. Yes. But anyway, congrats to him. Great career and, and a hardworking guy and uh, always be a friend of the show, whether he, whether he's helping us out or not. But anyway, good man. Yep. Well, that's good to hear. Good to hear he's retired and on that side of things. So uh, see if he starts investing in a bunch of things the way you have with your environment. Oh, I gotta, I gotta make sure that he doesn't do that. I gotta make sure he doesn't do to his golden years what I did to mine. At least so far, anyway. Yes. Yeah. So uh, next show we're going to talk. Hopefully, have a little bit more meat and potatoes about the uh, upcoming season. That we're, season, the financial stuff, all this. Yeah. Stuff. Because in a, to preview it a little bit, I, I, we can go back in an earlier episode. I said it myself that there's going to be some issues with the way they're choosing to handle things with COVID because the players, and maybe not the players, maybe it's the agents, maybe it's a mixture of things, but they're going to they're gonna want their money no matter what. Mm -hmm. hockey players are more humble and more down to earth than other athletes in other sports and they're more charitable and they're more just good people but they're they're still professional athletes and they're they want to get paid and it's very rare to see and we'll see depending on how long the flat cap goes we'll see if there's any major name guy that comes up that willingly takes a pay cut but 
I'm going to take a guess that there's not going to be very many, if any at all, that are willing to take a pay cut to fit within a structure. They they all want to get paid. And the, big, yeah. the closest one yet so far was Taylor Hall going to Buffalo. But even then, Taylor Hall went to Buffalo because Buffalo offered him $2 million more than what Colorado offered him. Yeah. So it, he's still chasing that money, right? So players still want to get paid. And yet there's a flat cap and there's all these things going on. And on top of that, they're still talking about now this prolonging about division realignments, about shortened seasons, about all these different things, because who knows how long this is going to go. I, well, I, if, if it's not a disaster yet, it's going to be. And, yeah. and that's just my prediction here because pl- the players are going to want to get paid. And in two, two years, Nathan McKinnon's up. Yep. Right. These these big name guys are up, and will under normal circumstances, a Nathan McKinnon is getting seven or eight years at twelve, twelve five. Yeah, I agree. With things that are going on right now, is is Nathan McKinnon? You know, and I love Nathan McKinnon, but is Nathan McKinnon going to willingly in Colorado say no? I'll take I'll take five years at. 7.3 right to fit within your structure so you, you know me you know me and, and and virtually everything i do is is somehow rooted in math nathan mckinnon will take whatever the market gives nathan mckinnon just like everybody else oh i, I agree Importantly, now everybody wants to get paid players all want to get paid of course so do the owners They've got a billion dollars invested in their in their franchise. The the um, Vancouver Canucks, when they decided not to have the bubble, the playoff bubble in Vancouver, and it moved to Edmonton. The next morning, the Vancouver Canucks went to uh, the arena management and sent five hundred people home for good. Those people wanted to get paid too, yep. and they were making a whole lot less than what guy the minimum in the in the nhl so what a the harsh reality is there's there's only going to be so much money to go around and you won't be able to have this guy taking less money or that guy taking less money if you're under contract right now the pa is going to have to vote on if we go to a 60 game schedule versus an 80 game schedule does that mean i'm taking a 25 percent pay cut does that mean everybody in the league gets a, a payroll reduction of 25%? They're already giving up, what, 20% in escrow and another handful to their agent and everybody else. So, And then in some places in your high tax areas like um, New York, Toronto, places like that, you're giving up 50% in personal taxes. That's, you know, there's still a lot left, but wow, that's not what it looks like on paper. So bottom line is this, if you are, if you are negotiating a contract in this period of time when we've got flat cap and uncertainty, you got your hands full. Yep. If you're already under contract, you're going to be in with everybody else at a 20% or a 25% or some negotiated pay cut that's going to be standard across the board. Yep. And, but that's one of the interesting things that we've got to see. Now you've got things like what do we, they do with escrow? What do they do with, long-term injured reserve, um, buyouts, signing bonuses. I mean, it, you know, 
you've probably seen the promo on, on FX for Mayans yep. for the series. And that promo has like 78 million little gears going forward and backward and flipping around and everything. That's what this whole thing looks like. Yep. Every one of those is another contractual clause that somebody like Bill Daly has got to get through. And I'll say this again, Daly is a smart guy. Bettman is a virtual genius. He's a savant when it comes to these kind of things. Um, Donald Fear knows his way around uh, a player's union, been doing it for 40 years. The situation in it is in as good of hands as it can be in. Everybody's going to have to re realize this is a mess. And, and we don't, what happened last year, forget it. What's happening next year, that's what we got to think about. Doesn't matter how we got here, got to fix it. So yep. that'll, be, <laughs> that'll be a lot to discuss here in the next two or three weeks. Yep. But looking forward to it. So. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. Great to be back, by the way. Yes. Great to be back. Yes. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I'll, I'll do this now. That way, um, that way we're doing it together. But not it, the answer is simple, but what are we looking forward to in the coming week? Uh, I'm guessing you're looking forward to getting a good night's sleep. That may not happen in okay. the next week. So what are we looking? <laughs> <laughs> I I really think we're we're going to be we're going to be close to an announcement regarding the July first or July first, the January first uh, startup. We have to be right because we're getting into the month of December. You kind of have to make an, a a note or an announcement so that players and teams and everybody can kind of get prepared to either start some form of camp or yeah. whatever. So yeah. well, look what they did with the, look what they did with the bubbles that came together. It, they got whatever necessary quarantines out of the way, the necessary medical and logistical steps, whether it's a logistical nightmare to try to figure out a schedule, realign divisions, shorten the number of games from 82 down to X then figure out how all that affects everybody's money, then figure out how many fans are going to be allowed in every building every night and subtract out. Maybe they can reduce some travel. Maybe they can reduce some operating expense by playing a series of games or something to that effect, as opposed to playing, you know, tonight in Buffalo, tomorrow in Boston, have a night off and the next night, the Rangers. Now you, maybe you can do things a little bit smarter, uh, from a travel and, and operational standpoint. I don't know, but man, that's what I mean about that. The moving parts it there's every, every question has eight or 10 more questions attached to it. So it's going to be fun to see, but it, I I'm confident that if it can be solved, it will be solved. These are, these are smart guys. Yeah. No, nope, it'll be good. So be curious to see what, what they decide and what they announce. So, we're we're still also based on what we're what we're looking forward to. We've got to talk about junior hockey too, because there's obviously there's been some startup in some of the junior A leagues. There's been some not. There have been some major junior startups, and then you know kind of false starts and shutdown. We we need to recap what's happening there and these poor kids again. It's one of the first things we discussed ten months ago was. What happens to these poor guys' careers now? Like, yep. You're at an absolute crossroads, and now what? So 
uh, one on the league. If if they haven't got an announcement by, by the next time we go to studio, then let's uh, let's talk junior hockey and see, you know, if we can update everybody on where those leagues all stand because that's that's critical stuff. Yep, we will definitely definitely do that. All so, right. Well, thanks for joining on Zoom this week. Yeah, nice to be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good it's good to be good back. To so, um, we'll we'll say goodbye here on Zoom, and then uh, we'll finish our our conversation personally off recording. But um, thanks for joining on Zoom this week, and um, we'll we'll be back with everybody next week for sure. So, yeah. hey, cheers, bud. Cheers. Thank you, uh, Dad, uh, for joining on Zoom um, for this week's episode. Uh, I know it's a complicated situation with what's going on out there, uh, newborn at home, all these things, but thank you for joining in Zoom, uh, via Zoom. Um, always enjoyed recording podcasts with you. Uh, look forward to many, many more. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. I uh, hope uh, that conversation helped put a little bit, shed a little bit of light on where we stand with not only Mitchell Miller, um, but diversity and all that stuff. Um, and we hope, uh, that we can count on your continued support moving forward. I know it's been kind of a, some trying times, patience, um, a lot of wondering when or what ifs regarding episode it's being uploaded, uh, with tef- technical difficulties, etc. Um, but we thank you for your patience and your continued support. Uh, make sure if you haven't already, this is really, really important. Um, it's not just subscriptions, uh, to Apple podcasts and Spotify, which is huge. We appreciate it. Um, but it is the ratings and the reviews, um, that help our show, uh, climb the charts, climb the ranks. And so if you could please, uh, take two minutes and do that, leave a rating, leave a review, um, subscribe while at it and uh, continue to help us grow. We greatly, greatly appreciate the support. Um, listeners are the driving force behind what we do and we can't thank you all for tuning in. Um, we mentioned it via the zoom call, so we don't need to talk about it now in regards to what we're looking forward to. Um, but again, looking forward to just, uh, continued updates uh, regarding hockey this season and um, great action with the major junior uh, world world junior championship um, hopeful which will hopefully take place from from what I know it will um, very similar to the NHL playoffs no fans and um, keeping things bubbled and isolated Um, so that'll be a good tournament just like the NHL playoffs where it'll be a good tournament with or without fans looking forward to that uh, and looking forward to being back in studio next week uh, to put out another episode for you guys. Uh, we say it a lot, but we are we are really, really working on not only continuing to put out good content, but progressing the podcast and, and growing and um, in regards to the business side of things as well. So again, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, greatly appreciate it. This has been Evan, Evan Rauer with Warm the Hockey Podcast, episode 68. We thank you all. We'll see you all throughout the hockey community. Cheers.